Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, unique animals of a bright plumage, the hardship of pet ownership, a constantly quitting main character, humorous slice-of-life moments, and technocolor magic. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 405, Rainbow in Black. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spyrok and Manga Review. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? I hope that all of you out there in internet land are doing pretty well and doing great. I hope that you found some cool manga to read and you've been watching some really cool TV shows. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Spyrokin is some podcast and vanger reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. Now, what does that mean? Well... Every episode, I talk about one or two geeky topics and tell you the pros and cons about it. And since this is the Spyrokin Manga Review, obviously we talk about manga. I tell you how the art style is, the overarching plot, the characters, the actual design of the manga, and most importantly, if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I and my co-host say, but we try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly, entertaining. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spyrokin.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, and various other social media sites. Just type in S-P-I-R-A-K-N. I guarantee you find us one way or the other. We're also on the quote-unquote Cersei, if you've ever watched the Lupin show device, and on iTunes. So remember to like, subscribe, follow us. Watch our YouTube channel where we have our Spyrokin book corner reviews where we actually talk about cool, unique books. And I think that's enough. Oh, one last thing. Remember to join our Discord at tinyurl.com forward slash Spire Discord where you can recommend mangas for me to review. You can comment on the various episodes and more importantly, you can just join in in the conversation. And if you have any comments or concerns, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at S-P-I-R-A-K-N.com, Spyrokin.com. I think that's enough shameless plugging, so let's get to it because we've got some major news. Big news, let's be honest, it's also kind of rough. So let's get to it. So the big news that we have this week is kind of life-changing for anyone who's a major con-goer. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about Otakon. Otakon, the convention that started out in Pennsylvania, then moved to Maryland and is currently in D.C. and is run by Otacorp, a nonprofit volunteer-run organization that has brought Asian culture to the United States for over 20 years. Well, they need funds or else they will close permanently. Now, as opposed to releasing this to a news network or any podcasters, reviewers, news sources, they decided to release a newsletter to explain the dire situations. This was released by the president of Otacorp, and they're requesting donations at this time. And so I'm just going to paraphrase the whole article because it's pretty long, but long story short, they use the proceeds from each year to plan the next Otacon and make sure that the convention and the organization survive until then. So because of the pandemic last year, they did not get any income from Otacon 2021. Yes, there was a virtual convention, but there was no income. And also because there have been no real strides forward because we're still in technically phase two, phase three of the pandemic, uh, there aren't a lot of pre-registrations because no one knows what's going to happen. Yes, there is a vaccine, but no one knows. So let's put Otacorp and more importantly Otacon in a kind of precarious situation because they have to make the decision to either continue planning for Otacon 2021 or potentially close their doors forever. Now, this is kind of traumatic because Otakon is one of the best conventions I've gone to. They take care of their fans, and more importantly than that, what they do is they do so much for the anime community in general. There have been premieres for movies, 
conventions, uh, concerts, uh, J-pop singers, anime shows, a lot from this event. And the loss of Otakon would be a major impact in the convention community for the United States. I mean, yes, you have Anime Expo. Yes, you have things by Read Pop, which are all sponsored and run by organizations. But this is a nonprofit. This is a fan-run convention. So this is kind of a big deal because this does not bode well for other fan conventions. Because if Otakon goes, who else is going to go? I mean, if they go, the next biggest one on the East Coast is going to be Anime Boston. But then it's like I'm saying Anime Boston... Or what happens to Anime Next, or uh, SakuraCon, or because we, last week we had SakuraCon going, so this is kind of a big deal. It kind of it's a little worrisome for someone who loves going to conventions. I mean, yeah, there's virtual conventions, but kind of getting burnt out on those, and I think a lot of you are as well. Uh, for this reason, we're gonna have a state of conventions episode of the Spirekin Convention Report to discuss this, but this is kind of a big deal. So the main thing is that they need help to make up the amount that they need, which I think is about 250000 or 10% of their, aven- their revenue. So if you want to donate to them or find out what you can do to help them, you can go to store.otacon.com forward slash otacorp dash donation dash P27817798. I will put this in the show notes, and I will be putting this on our Twitter, at Spirekin, S-P-I-R-E-K-N. Check it out. Go there. Donate what you can. Even if it's a dollar, it'll help towards the convention. And this isn't a paid sponsorship. This is because I believe in Otakon. I love Otakon. And it doesn't matter. If there's another event that this is occurring to, I'd be doing the same thing. So donate. Give, your, uh, give something to help out. And let's keep our conventions alive. So that is the big news for the week. So let's get on to something happier. Let's get some licensing news. And our big licensing company this week is Cross Infinite World, which I have not heard about in a while. But they've licensed two new light novel series. The first is Takumi Otoki and Fushima's Hey, You Kidnapped the Wrong Royal, or Ia, Suresu Itai Migateru Kara. The light novel, and they're going to be releasing this digitally on March 15th. Now, the premise of this light novel is one day the demon lord barged into the palace, and instead of kidnapping the rightful princess Alice, he took Jean, her stunning, gorgeous brother. Alice, alongside her butler Seb and sibling duo Hada and Haigishi, set out for the demon lord's castle. Her goal, not to rescue Jean, but in her own words, smack some sense into the demon lord for even daring to think Jean was the cuter one. Meanwhile, Jean and the Demon Lord are getting along, well, maybe a little too well. This is taking the whole, you're you're kidnapped in the wrong uh, palace, to a whole new level. So, the second light novel that Cross Infinite Worlds has picked up is Yui Sakari and Kasumi Nagai's Since I Was Abandoned After Reincarnating, I Will Cook With My Fluffy Friends, The Figurehead Queen Is Strongest At Her Own Pace, or... Tensei Sakai di Satero Nod Mofumofu Taichitu Oriori Shimas Okazaro Oi wa My Pace e Sayodes. And this is the novel will be released digitally a month after um, You've Kidnapped the Wrong Royal, so on April 15th. And the premise of this one is when the Crown Prince unexpectedly breaks off their engagement and abandons her, Duchess Let. 
Tisha regains the memories of her past life as an office worker who loved to cook. Finding herself expelled from the kingdom, Letitia agrees to marry Glen Reed, the Silver Wolf King, a man famous for his hatred of women while ironically seeking a queen for political purposes. Letitia's new life lets her spend her days cooking and pursuing her hobbies in the royal villa, all while surrounded by furry creatures like wolves, gardener cats, and other mythical beasts. One day after Letitia offers food to a beautiful silver wolf that appears in the villa, she finds Glen Reed's attitude towards her slowly begins to change. So one of these is a unique... It's in a magical world, not Isekai. The other one is, it's an Isekai. So, I don't know. I'm kind of... They seem interesting, but whatever. So, let's get to some general news. Now, first off in spring 2021, um, we're getting a manga adaptation of the light novel series called God is Hungry for Game, or the ultimate game, Battle of a Boy in the Gods, or Kamiwa Game ni Uteru. Um, this is going to be released by Katakawa, and the novel centers on supreme gods who have too much time on their hands, so they create the ultimate intellectual game titled Kamigami no Asobi. Now, Rechi, a former goddess, declares that she will find the most skilled human in this age to bring with her to challenge the gods in this game. And she chooses a young man and rookie named Faye. So, no other word on when it's coming out, but the official light novel was released by Katakawa on January 25th with illustrations by Toro Tomosoi. So, we'll stay tuned on that. Now, on March 31st, uh, husband and wife mangaka duo Nanaki Sato and Akira Kiduchi are launching a new manga titled Renai Muzai Aio Chikata Hazdeyoni. Not guilty of love, we swore a vow of love, right? This can be released in Shuisha's Grand Jump Mecha magazine, and it's going to center on a housewife with a cheating husband who meets a man through social media. Lots of scandalous there, and it's kind of weird because it's a husband and wife talking about cheating husbands. I'm like wondering, is this something that we're not supposed to know about? Who knows? On March 3rd, Rei Ota will launch a new manga titled Kimiru no Koi in Shuisha's Ribbon magazine. Nothing is known about the series so far. But when they first released the title, they actually challenged readers to translate the Karikana to what it actually meant. And this is what the actual title was, was revealed later on. Anyway, on February 26th, um, Re Suhiko Makami will draw a one-shot special spin-off of Kazuya Mineru's Sayuki manga. And this is going to appear in Ichijitsu's monthly Comic Sum magazine. Uh, sorry, Comic Zero Sum magazine. Now, for those who don't know, Sayuki is a reinterpretation of the Journey to the West story where Son Goku is, well, it's more modern. Son Goku is like a punk kid. Uh, you have the priest is now a gun-toting, smoking priest. Instead of a horse, uh, there is a jeep. Kind of crazy. Uh, but also on February 26th in Monthly Comics Zero Sum magazine, mangaka's Yuki Amamiya and Yukino Ichiro are launching a new manga titled Long Goodbye, My Honey. Um, now, the story is teased to center on a girl who finds something important at Grand Finale Station, which is the final stop where those who die arrived in a place that exists in the space between life and death. So for those of you who like stories about the afterlife, or you are fascinated by Death Parade, or you like that sequence in Harry Potter when Harry ends up in London Station to get on a train to the afterlife, this is for you. On February 17th, mangaka Koji So is launching a new manga in Weekly Shonen Magazine. Uh, now we talked about this a few episodes ago, where they kind of joked about the title. 
there still is no real title, but they were joking that it was Gotoban no Waitress di Yokunai Deska, or Our Quadruplet Waitress is Not Fine. And we do have a preview of it with the artwork, and the preview reads, A Seaside Town, An Old Cafe, and Five Girls. So we really need a title for this because it's coming out really soon. It's coming out in 13 days? No, it's uh, uh, 14 days. Anyway. Next, on uh, going back in time, on January 31st, which was Sunday, Viz Media and Manga Plus published the first volume of Kazuki Inoka's I Tell C Manga. Now, this is about a popular female celebrity who's murdered, and the investigation leads to a suspicious woman whose next target may be the famous actor Tagami. But what could the suspect's motives be? Now, there are two... Tw- Detectives who are twins that are on the case, but then there's a unique take on the crime suspense genre. This is going to be released every Saturday, and for those of you who like mystery series, this is kind of cool. Now, on Friday of last week, the first chapter of the Gyoku no Nikuko, or Nikuko of the Fishing Harbor, uh, manga adaptation of a old novel debuted in Gintosha Comic Inc.'s Comic Boost website. I know that's a lot to say, but so it was a novel first, then they adapted to a manga, okay? And this human drama novel centers on a mother named Nikoku and her daughter Kikoko who live on a boat. Uh, The novel follows their paths in life and their growth through experiences. So this is going to be a very unique story of mother and daughter and how life changes them and i actually might put this on the wheel of manga coming up because this one actually kind of tickles my fancy a little bit so that's the news for this week pretty quick pretty easy and now let's get to what i'm kind of happy to talk about which is the manga review for the week and i gotta say this was really hard to get a hold of because comicology does not have this one but on the plus side i got a physical copy which is so good that new manga smell is great and so, if you remember from the last episode, I spun that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga. And it takes time to be there reviewing a manga that was written by Eri Takenashi and originally published in 2018 by Ichijin Sha and is released over here now by Seven Seas Entertainment. There are three volumes and it is a shonen slice of life series that is known simply as Nishitukoro, or as we have it released over here, Rainbow and black and i gotta admit i love that new manga smell so unique and this is a pretty simple story of a young girl named kuro shirohoshi and she sees the world very simply black and white everything is either it's two extremes it's good or bad it's yes or no Positive or negative, that's it. When we first meet her, she's at a store where a bunch of black and white figures are mixed up. And you see her impulsively put them in the correct spot. So you have the black figures on the right, white figures on the left. And that's how she sees the world. And she also has kind of an unlucky life because when she goes to work, she's a waitress. And a guy grabs her boob and she knocks him out. Her boss is like, yes, you were in the right because he grabbed you. However, we're firing you anyway. So things are not going good for her. And she's like, why the hell do people say, yes, I was in the right, but then I got to get fired because it's bad PR. I don't understand it. Things should be just yes or no, black or white. And that's how she lives her life. Until 
as she's going home after this event, she sees a cage with something in it. It's weird, and it's rainbow color. It looks like a fuzzball, but then she gets closer, it looks like feathers. And a face pops out. She has no idea what this thing is. It looks kind of like a bird, but it's not a bird because it has four legs, and it's got feathers, and it looks really cute and weird, and also, it talks. Um, she asks it, you got it really rough because you were banded in a cage. And it says, no, not really. And it's like, it spoke. Um, I mean, is it like a, it has to be like a parrot or a bird. And it looks at it like, no, it's not a bird. It doesn't have a beak. It's got a mouth and nostrils. And it says, what are you? And it's like, what are you? It's like, you're not a bird, right? You're not a bird, right? Okay, okay. You're one of those. You're using mimicry, right? Like a parrot. You're one of those. You're using mimicry, right? Like a parrot. It's like, I get it. It's just something like a bird. So you talk a lot. Uh, you talk a lot. Aren't you cold? No, not really. Wow, this sounds like a conversation. And she thinks it's really cold. I don't want it to freeze. And it's been abandoned. So I'll take it home for a couple days. And then we'll find its owner. Easy peasy. So she comes home, shows it to her mom. And her mom's like, why didn't do you bring this here? Um, we can't take care of this. Um it's kind of cute though it's weird though and she's like well i reported it to the police and we'll see what happens and so let's see what this thing is and they look it up and it turns out that this thing is called a happy mouse or a rainbow colored heavenly parrot and it's the only known of its species and its average height is about three feet capable colorful feathers but doesn't have wings eats 75 percent vegetables and 20 20 percent uh, proteins lays eggs but then it has mammary glands so it is considered the creationist nightmare because this thing shouldn't exist and she's like really confused by this weird thing but when she puts in happy mouse in youtube she sees a bunch of videos of what to feed it so she kind of gets an idea of what to do to drink water and whatnot and when she leaves it alone it starts freaking out and her mom's like what's going on why is it yelling then when she gets back it calms down so it likes her she eventually ends up calling the uh, a zoo to figure out what the hell it is and what how to deal with it. Because apparently there is one in the, the Tokyo Zoo. And they tell her, listen, here's what you need to do. X, Y, Z. Just take care of it. Uh, here are the simple things for it. It's a very social creature. They're very intelligent. And um, if you're going give it, to give it away, uh, you do it soon. If you have any problems, just call us. And so they give her all the information she needs and she ends up having this new weird thing in her life. And she's really nice to it. Things are going good. And it's a really cute, alive pet. And then as they're cohabitating, as we could say, at one point, this weird fluffball stands up, like goes on its two rear legs, stands up like a person, and then starts to dance around. And she giggles, takes a video of it, and then... She's probably going to put it on YouTube or whatnot. And she calls the zoo back up and says, Hey, listen, uh, it's been a week. haven't found the owner yet, but I'm probably going to give it away and find a new home. But it's really cool because so, it's so nice and sweet. It's very lovable. And it did a dance for me. And he's like, wait, it, you've seen it dance already? Yeah, it ruffled up its feathers to frame its face and start hopping around. I was surprised I took a video of it. He's like, you're planning to find a new home for it now, right? Yes. I wouldn't do that if I was you. See, 
Happy mice choose one partner for their entire life. Their love is for one another is very deep. If they get separated from their chosen partner, they'll pull out their own feathers, they'll stop eating, and then they'll die. That dance, it was a courtship dance. And she's like, uh, I'm human. And, he's, and the zoo guy's like, they sometimes do it towards humans too. They can end up falling in love. And they're a kind of animal that's very unique. They're, that's why some people love them so much, even though they can be a challenge. I know this is going to sound a little strange, but please, for the creature's sake, won't you keep it? I'm asking you for its sake, please. And she's like, oh God, this is going to suck. Wait, I have an idea. I know. Um, what's its lifespan? I could take care of this. Maybe it's five years, three years. Like, they live for 80 years. Womp, womp, womp. And now, officially, she has this weird pet that she ends up naming Niji, and it lives with her and her mom, and she has to deal with all the insanities of being a pet owner. And her mom's like, that name fits so well, because your name is Koro, which is black, so rainbow and black. Hence, the name of the the manga. And And her mom's like, it'll be great if your world gets painted over with lots of colors. And... That's the thing is that Niji brings this whole new experience into her life and helps her see the world differently just by her dealing with this pet. It's kind of crazy because he's so weird and different. Um, Like at first he wants to, he calls her name saying, Kuro, 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 looking for her when she takes a bath. And it's not to be perverted. It's just that his species likes taking hot baths. But she actually registers that birds can't take baths because they have oil. It'll dry them out and hurt them. But apparently the happy mouse is like a monkey. So it can, like a hot springs monkey. So it can actually take hot water. It's really weird and strange. But it is very intriguing to see what happens. And this is totally slice of life. It's just her dealing with this new pet who can speak and they're dealing with it. And over time, it's really adorable how things go. Like, uh, one of my favorite chapters is that she sets a routine with him. Wakes up, says hi to Niji, feeds him, and then goes to school. Because she doesn't have a job right now, so she's going to school. And one day she oversleeps and runs off. And her mom starts barraging her with text saying, Hey, listen, this is bad. Niji just keeps crying, Kuro, Kuro. It's been looking for you all day. It won't stop crying. And she's like, well, listen, I'm in class. I can't do anything. It's like, I can't stand this racket. Listen, call me after your class. Let it hear your voice. And then she's like, geez, mom, why you contact me for so late? She's like, it's not a little thing. It won't stop crying. It's just crying out your names. Hold on. I'm going to switch to video chat so it could see you. And you see that he's like, look, see, Kuro? Uh, Niji, there's Kuro. She's on the screen. And Kuro stops crying and looks at her. And she's like, hi, Niji, I'm here. Everything's okay. And Kuro says, have a good day. And then gets quiet. It's super dependent. It's like a super dependent pet, but it's so, it's kind of cute in a weird sort of way. There's other behavioral things that are in there as well. Other moments, like when she gets a job, her dealing with that, him priming, her finding a Twitter group that follows these things and all of that. There's an entire episode where they watch documentary on these creatures and how weird they are. And certain statements that they make, like if they're being cozy and saying thank you, they use a word mew, which 
he said in like the first chapter, and she's like, "What the hell does Mew mean?" And it's Mew is saying thank you in the Happy Mouse uh, language, and it's showing how Kuro is becoming a better person because her dealing with a pet. She's not. She her world is as she said, getting color into it, and she's now learning about non-extremes. The way it ends is kind of crazy because she ends up getting barraged with people because she takes a picture of him dancing around, puts it on the internet to show a friend. However, she doesn't realize you have to lock the video up so it's private, so everyone ends up seeing it, and she's barraged with matches. Says, "Hey, I want to use this on my TV show. Can we borrow it? Hey, you want to make some money? We'll we'll buy that creature from you." And problems occur. It's really simple, and the fact that it's a shonen series is kind of weird, but I kind of get it because it's. It's very just simple slice of life, easy to follow, and it's just about a girl and her pet and how her pet has turned her world upside down because it's a non-conventional pet that looks like a weird thing. The best I could come up with it is like it looks kind of like a a popple, if you know what that is. Like imagine a popple in the ball form with a human face and it's green and rainbow colored. That's kind of what it looks like. Um, if you look at our website or on the show notes, you'll see the picture of what Nietzsche looks like. And it's very different and kind of crazy. Now, this is simple and easy. And the one thing is I say I'm intrigued by the overarching story because there is an overarching story of what's going on as she learns more and more. And you have some new characters introduced at the end of the volume. That makes me want to know what happens next. The hook is great, and like a lot of the other pet stories we've read as of late, it just hits a weird niche that if you're a pet owner, you understand most of what is going on in this. And even if you're not a pet owner, you can geek out over the cute parts about this. Now, with the exception of Niji, there isn't anything really supernatural in this. It's just slice of life. It's a day in the life. And sometimes you need that. And for that reason, I have to give Rainbow and Black a really, really, really fucking cool. It's worth reading. It really is. It's it's fun. It's different. It's a, It hits you in the feels. And it's something which is original. Just the concept is very original. So... I don't know where to know. I mean, one chapter is a little weird. I'll give you that. There's one chapter which is dealing with, uh, later on, courtship thoughts, which gets kind of, um, not cringy, but it's like you scratch your head for a couple minutes. But besides that, it's really great. I highly recommend it. And if you have a pet owner in your life who likes reading manga, this might be up your alley or their alley. And you can get this on Comicology for $8.99, or you could buy the manga itself. It's currently, as I look at the back, $13.99, or if you have a Barnes & Noble's uh, membership, it's a lot cheaper than that. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Um, if you've read Black and Rainbow and you disagree with me, email me, zanspiker.com. Let me know what you think about this very unique story about a... You know, a, is it? Are they roommates? Are they pet and owner? Who knows? Have to wait and read it. So, 
Remember, you can check out any of our other 404 manga review episodes and all of our other podcasts at www.spirekin.com. It's also on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and various other social media sites. Remember to like and subscribe. And let's actually get to the manga releases for the week. And as of February 2nd, 2021, we've had 21 new releases. And I got to say, some of these I'm really happy about and one I'm kind of depressed about. Uh, let's get to it. So going in reverse order, we have Yona of the Dawn, Volume 28. Boku Ben, We Never Learn, Volume 14. Topu GP, Volume 5. The King's Beast, Volume 1. Short Cake Cake, Volume 11. Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie, Volume 3. Seraph of the End, Volume 20. Samurai 8, The Tale of Hachimaru, Volume 5. Rent-A-Girlfriend, Volume 5. Naruto, Shikimaru's Story, Morning Cloud. Kaguya-sama Love is War, Volume 18. Jitsutsu Kaisen, Volume 8. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable, Volume 8. Haru's Curse, the manga. Dr. Stone, Volume 15. Demon Slayer, Kimitsu no Yaiba, Volume 20. Chainsaw Man, Volume 3. Cells at Work Baby, Volume 1. For those of you who are Cells at Work fan and want to see what newborn cells look like. Boruto, Naruto Next Generation, Volume 10, Blue Exorcist, Volume 25, and A Sign of Affection, Volume 1. Now, for me, I'm excited for A Sign of Affection, Cells at Work, Chainsaw Man, Demon Slayer, Dr. Stone, definitely JoJo's, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, Kaguya-sama, Samurai 8, and Bokuben. The one that I'm not so happy about, I'm not going to tell you. I want to let you guys guess which one I'm not too excited about. But which ones are you a fan of? Which ones are you excited to be picking up? Which ones are you going to buy? Let me know, zanspirekin.com, or tweet me at Spirekin. And first off, listeners, thank you so much for listening. I always love that you guys check these podcasts out. More importantly, I love when you message me. I love seeing your thoughts about these different mangas. Feel free to email me or just comment. It's kind of cool. And I keep doing this because you guys... Enjoy it. I love talking about manga, and it's just a great way to do this. And I'm going to keep doing this until I'm an old fart who's just reading manga because I'm a crazy person. I'm going to keep going as long as I can. So, anyway. Now let's get to the part that all of you have been waiting for. The part that a lot of people are excited about. And what are we talking about? We're talking about that one, that only, the Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on. What I've done is I've assigned a manga tile to each of the 10 slots. So when I spin this one, this only, this Wheel of Manga, whatever number it lands on, the manga that's written in that slot is the one I'm going to review in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review. And you can check out the Wheel of Manga list on our Discord at... Uh, tinyurl.com forward slash spire discord and you can comment and recommend mangas for us to review that we have not done yet so let's spin and see what we're going to review in the next episode shall we number seven Ooh. so in the next episode i'm reviewing a manga that is Ironically, I have a really funny story about that manga because when I watched the anime, I ended up severely hurting myself at one point because of an accident. Uh, what is this manga we're talking about? We're talking about Blue Exorcist. So that one's going to be kind of cool. I'm excited for that. And uh, we will 
tell you how that story next time about how I hurt myself. But anyway, guys, girls, ladies, gentlemen, they, however you, whatever gender pronoun you want to use, thank you for listening. You guys keep me going. I'm going to keep going as long as I can. Thank you so much for listening. And as usual, I'm your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. I'll catch you guys next episode. Keep reading manga. See you.